Hello and welcome to Taking Care of Business. I'm Jackie Mitchell. Like most New Year's resolutions, we tend to focus on fitness. So today I thought, well, we can do that in business. So today we're going to focus on business fitness. And of course, as always, our show is made possible by our friends at EVU Group, Australia's first multi-brand real estate network. So to kick off this business fitness show, I thought there's not a better way to start than our first guest is host of Australia's number one marketing podcast. Google ranked number one for small business marketing, and he's a marketing speaker from small business, big marketing, Tim Reid. Wow, welcome. Well, intro, it's pretty impressive, isn't it? Really impressive. <laughs> you just impressed yourself. Yeah, who is this guy? Now, Timbo Reid, as you're also known. Yes. Uh, and so your background, let's just start from, because that is a really impressive resume. <laughs> is it right? Okay. And so I always like to go back to go, well, how did you get there? Like what was yeah. the journey? What was the uh, what was the adventure that you went on? So to go back, you are marketing trained, which is so refreshing. When I was doing the um, research, well, because I see out there, particularly in small business, because I'm marketing trained as well, and I see out there that they, they come to me and they've spoken to someone about their marketing, yeah. and, and they're being given wrong advice and it's, it's more yeah. from a sales perspective or uh, it's just not right yeah, and, disappointing. and really disappointing and they're spending a lot of money with these companies that are claiming. And, and then these business owners that you're talking about are, are left with a bad taste in their mouth yes. that marketing doesn't work and it does, you know, marketing. Any accountants listening, it's not an expense, it's an investment mm. and um, you've really got to... Uh, you know, I've spoken to hundreds and hundreds of small business owners, successful small business owners over the years on my podcast, and one thing that links them, there's a number of things that links them, but one is their respect for marketing. Well, it's funny. I always think that marketing has got a brand problem. It's sort of you, you say you're in marketing. <laughs> right. I don't know about you, but yeah. you say you're in marketing. People go, oh, do you make baseball caps or do you do websites? Or, yeah. And the sort of marketing has got that sort of a bit of a bad taste in the mouth for a lot of businesses yeah. who don't want to invest in it. But it's interesting. It's I think it was Peter Drucker that might have said it's the only department in a company that actually makes money. The HR department doesn't bring in money. Mm. The finance department doesn't bring in money. Marketing does. So, so and, and to that point, uh, the best definition of marketing that I've ever heard yeah. is, is marketing is what you do when you can't go and see someone. So like oh, in an right. ideal world, any business owner listening, get up out of your seat, out of your office and go and visit uh, everyone who has the potential to buy from you. But that's unrealistic, yeah. right? Yeah. Go and visit, have a coffee, question them, what problems have they got, what blockages have they got, how can you help them make a more informed purchase decision? That's unrealistic because we've only got so many hours in the day. Yeah. So therefore, it's incumbent upon us as people responsible for marketing something just to make it personal and, and conversational and get people to lean in to what you're doing so that when it's time to buy, they've got you in mind as someone who knows what they're doing, who whose trust you've earned. And it seems to work a lot better that way these days. So I get a lot of warm inquiry in my business, which I love because I work hard on creating very personal marketing. Yeah, I like the term you use, lean in, and about building relationships. So a lot of people think that they'll do marketing, they do one thing. So it might be, oh, we'll do Facebook, and they don't integrate it with anything else. And mm. they expect their expectations are completely skew for yeah. the results. Have you had that experience? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea of doing one thing well, I kind of like, because I've been podcasting for nine years, mm. and that's been my sole kind of marketing channel. But I do other stuff. Uh, I, th I think the reality is 
you've got to kind of spread yourself around a little bit. Mm. Um, you mentioned Facebook, which is kind of funny because a lot of business owners think, if I get on Facebook, it'll be like it's my silver bullet. Yeah, Everything's sorted. It, it yeah, won't be. Yeah. But um, I think you've got to respect the fact that people are at different stages. Your buyers, your prospects are at different stages of the purchase decision. You don't know where they're at. Uh, it's incumbent upon you. Some people like to watch. Some people like to listen. Some people like to read information. So it's incumbent upon us, the business owner, to create marketing that's spread across a variety of channels and gives ourselves a best shot. And the reality is, one, and what I'll be talking about at this upcoming breakfast, is the idea that the marketing world has changed so much. And there has I mean, I grew up in a corporate environment. I worked at the biggest advertising agency in Australia on big brands. I've seen what things cost. Um, it's not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I can't believe, I've, I've, I've got a nine-year-old podcast. I still can't believe that I've got my own show. That wasn't possible, you know, a few years ago. Now it's absolutely possible. I'm glad you touched on your advertising background because back then <laughs> it was big. It was huge to work in those big ad agencies. And you worked for Cleminger, I think, was in some of the, the really big end of town. Big 80s reunion for Cleminger people next yeah. uh, next week. I'm quite excited. The oh, you know lunch. that, do you? No, I don't know. <laughs> but I, but I, I know that the big lunches yeah, and the reunions lunch. and yeah. things like that. And uh, so, so you went from doing your marketing degree into pretty much into advertising advertising yeah. for quite a long time, working with some big brands. So you've got that sense of. Now, how did you get from there to running the, the, <laughs> the Tim Reed show? Like, yeah. how, you know, you're doing your speaking, you're podcasting, you're doing all these incredible things. How did that happen? What was the transition? Oh, look, it took about 30 years to become an overnight success, oh, okay. number one. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, you know, what happened was um, I spent 10 years at a big agency and then I, I did some charity work because uh, mm -hmm. I needed to cleanse my soul, mm -hmm. get out of the corporate life. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I became the marketing manager at Flight Centre and was still in the whole corporate thing. And what I'd noticed during my time as a corporate marketing person was that a lot of small business owners would ask me questions. They're very interested to know what I did. They'd ask me marketing questions. They were very appreciative of it. They'd apply it, often call me or email me and say, hey, you know, that idea you gave me, thank you so much. I've actioned it. It's working. And I'm like, that's unreal. Because in corporate, that would have required like 10 meetings, yeah, right? and a business and a, case. And a business case. And they're one-hour meetings because yeah. you can't have a meeting less than an hour. <laughs> That's true. And um, so I really started to love the idea that, hey, the knowledge that I have around marketing doesn't matter what your budget is, whether it's 100 bucks or a million bucks, the, the principles are the same. And so I started to figure out a way how can I start to work with small business owners? They can't necessarily afford me as a one-on-one, -on -one, mm. but... Um, I, I just finally just jumped ship out of corporate and started um, a marketing consultancy and I started a podcast and the podcast was my way of differentiating myself from all the other marketing. Yeah, so nine years, that, that's a long time yeah. to be doing. Like, and people are sort of saying, saying now like podcast is this new thing. So you were one of, you're a really early adopter to, yeah, to podcasting. Yeah, one of the first in, in Australia. But, how did that, was that, did someone tell you to do that or how did you come up with that idea? Uh, the little man inside my head who says, tells me a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't listen to a lot of him, but... Um, <laughs> that particular bit of advice. I came across a podcast like nine years ago. It was about innovation. It's still going. It's called The Killer Innovation Show. It was run by the head of the vice president of innovation, Hewlett Packard. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. First of all, I found a program that I can listen to for free that is on a topic that I have an interest in, and I can listen to it in my own time. Secondly, I realized that the fact this guy's making a podcast, a radio show essentially, mm. uh, is that anyone can do it. And I had a mate at the time who, long story short, but he, he'd worked at this, he was, he'd gone through this charity that I'd worked for. He came out the other side. I'd given him some informal mentoring during his time there. He was then, became one of the producers of the Hamish and Andy show. 
I told him about podcasting. He said, given you've helped me, you can use Hamish and Andy's studio anytime after six, which it was ace. Mm. And so for the first 80 episodes of the Small Business Big Marketing Show, I did use their studio, but uh, and, it, and it was my start, but you don't need a studio to podcast. You can. I mean, I still sometimes do it in the back of my car. Really? Yeah, and podcast. Yeah. How do you monetize that? So how uh, do you monetize sorry, podcasting? Yeah, no, 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 it's good. Does. No, that's Thank good. Thank you, Steve. The panel guys. I'll yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you monetize? Good question. Lots of different ways. Um, the, the, the the obvious way is to run ads, of which I do. Um, but podcasting for me has is is my podcast. All the revenue I earn is a result of my podcast. They're all straight lines, but some of it's advertising. Some of it is a lot of it's speaking at mm. conferences around the world. Um, uh, consulting, still do a little bit of consulting. But what podcasting has done, and any of the kind of marketing that I'm going to talk about at this business breakfast next week, is the fact that it can help position you, rightly or wrongly, as an expert, mm. as an opinion leader, as an influencer in your industry. And as a result, amazing things happen. And I wrote a book called The Boomerang Effect, which basically the boomerang effect is the more effort and the more helpful you are in your marketing, it'll return multiples. Mm. And that's what I've seen. I mean, I still laugh at some of the opportunities that a simple podcast has, has brought my way. Now, you work with a lot with small business. Yeah. That's sort of your thing. You know, small business, big marketing is the name of your podcast. What are some of the limiting beliefs that small business has, in your opinion? Around marketing? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to basically keep my powder dry for next week, or I'll tell you now. I think I'll tell you now. Well, you can, uh, give, you know, you can give us a little taste. <laughs> well, um, there's three limiting beliefs, primary ones. That lack of time, lack of money, lack of knowledge yeah. around marketing. Mm. I think it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to cost a lot of money and it's really complicated. Mm. It's just not. It's just not. And that's the thing. I love busting those beliefs open amongst business owners because you can see the weight lift off their shoulder and all of a sudden they go, oh, so marketing. And then I explain some ideas around modern marketing that they could implement and they go, geez, that didn't cost, doesn't cost a lot and I could probably do that. Mm. But they are just limiting beliefs. Mm. And like everything in life, if you want to go, get all woo-woo, I mean, a lot of things hold us back. And then once we break through whatever that limiting belief or fear was and we look back and it's like, what was I worried about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, that's a really nice way to just have a little break. I think we just need a cup of tea right. or yes. a cup Big of coffee. Inhale. We need to acknowledge our wonderful sponsors that everyone's about to E-view. listen to now. Eview How Group. How good are they? How good are Eview? We love Eview. Wow, They're our favourite. And all our other great sponsors, you're listening here to Taking Care of Business. We are chatting with Tim Reed. We are talking about business fitness. And we're going to hold this thought and be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Today's show, we are talking about business fitness, and I'm joined here today with my special co-host, Tim Reed. and that was a song that you requested. I know, and goodness me. You, know you love that song? Yeah, yeah. Thumbs up from uh, Sharon. Love that. Um, I do love that song. I saw Barnsley only two weeks ago oh, uh, live, yeah. and you know, from a market, always looking for the marketing Yeah, of angle. course. His, his consistency of brand, you know, what I saw two weeks ago was the same thing I saw 20 years ago, and all great businesses do that. They just consistently stick to what they stand for and present it in a way that makes people familiar with them, and he did that. He just nailed it. Yeah. You know, you just felt 
a part of something, which is yeah. and, and any business can do that. It takes you back. See, I'm I love eighties music as well. Hey, and, can we and change I, the topic? Well, yeah, so we just talk eighties music. For let's the rest talk eighties. Well, I often play eighties music, and a lot of my guests <laughs> look roll their eyes and go, Jackie, you know, I really need to look at your music selection. No, you don't. No, I don't think I do. No, there's nothing wrong with being stuck in that decade. No, that's right. Well, normally I pick songs that are related to the topic, which I have a little bit today, but I've I've snuck two in for you. Thank you. So the next one's a surprise. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but the next break will be another okay. 80s song. Right. So it'll keep you it'll you know, keep you interested. <laughs> keep, you, keep, you here. keep you here. Yeah, save <laughs> you leaving. That's exactly right. Now, as we're talking today about business fitness, we've talked about marketing fitness with my special guest here, Tim Reed. And I thought to myself, okay, what other bits of business need looking at or need some work at in the uh, in the in, a, in the mental and the mental gym, I suppose. And one of them is professional development and training. And uh, it includes upskilling and development, building on your strengths, feeding your brain. And our next guest runs one of Australia's leading training and leadership organisations. Time to talk. Welcome, Sharon Neal. Thank you very much, Jackie, and thank you for the lovely flame trees lead-in, Tim and Jackie. I love you, lo- it. you love it. You, oh, I love it. Top five favourite songs. Is so it really? I'm on the right panel here is today. Really? Absolutely. Oh, well, that's is. a good start. It's very serendipitous. It is. It is. Now, I tell us that. about Time to Talk. How long have you been doing that for? Well, look, I've been doing, I've been facilitating and, and training and working with people for a very long time, and given I love 80s music, you can tell how old I am. Um, time to Talk Leadership's probably run for about three years. Mm. Um, we rebranded, so, and I know we've done some work together on that, Jackie, yeah. which has been fabulous. And we've really expanded and grown, and we're really lucky to have a fantastic client base, both in Melbourne and regionally. Um, mm. We have an office in Albury, so I know the Hume Freeway very, very well. Mm. Listen yeah, to yeah. some of that 80s music as I drive down that road. Um, and spend lots of time in the Rex Lounge. Now, before you rebranded Time to Talk, uh, you have been in training and development for how many years? Quite a long time. Oh, do you really want me to tell 20 you, 20 years? Yeah, 20 yeah. plus, definitely 20 plus. But you started your life as a nurse. I did start my so life how as a nurse. Come, how did that transition happen? Okay, well, I finished, I did my nursing training, and then I sold myself to the pharmaceutical industry for a while. Oh, okay, yeah, right. So there was the leap there, the pharmaceutical. And then how did that then go from there to professional in, development? Yeah, thanks, Jackie. In, in the pharmaceutical industry, I ended up being in senior learning and development roles, organisation development roles. My leaning was very much towards people. Okay, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, so right. when I started having lots of small children, I left that industry and started consulting. And from there grew the business yeah. eventually. Now, it was a tough industry to get into because I could imagine there'd be a lot of organisations that doing training and developing all going after the big corporate clients. Yeah. So how did you do that? Look, I think in the, in the beginning, way back in the beginning, it was more about relationships, Jackie, and the people mm-hmm. that I had met along the way and the, the, the work that I had done for them. And I still find today it's the people that you meet in your journey along the way that really come back to you time and time again. So a lot of the people I'm working with today and the organisations I'm working with, some of them I was working with 15, 20 years ago and lots of new people as well. Yeah, because you look after some of Australia's biggest corporate clients. We do. Enormous. Are you allowed to mention any? Well, we we do a lot of work for Coles and Mm. Mercedes, Mm. um, the universities, Monash, Charles Sturt. So it's quite varied. We do a lot of local government work. So we've got about 30 councils we do work for. um, And I love the diversity. The the demographics of those organisations are so different and as other people. 
So Sharon, you have you're a small business owner. We got are. some big clients. Yeah. What's your secret sauce to getting a big brand like a Coles or a Mercedes Benz? It's it's a really good question, Tim. Um, I, I think it really stems from again. I go back to the people and the relationships. Um, I've got one stakeholder at, at one of the the larger companies we deal with, and. I've been working with her for eight or nine years and we had a drink together the other night and we was like a mutual admiration society because we've just worked so well together over the years. She's helped me, I've helped her and we just keep moving forward together. And we do get a lot of people that will actually work with us and then they'll change organisations and they'll take us with them. And I think we've got one client that has taken us to four different organisations. What do you say to a business owner listening who's going, well, that's good, yeah, relationships and all that business, which absolutely, but what about them? They're wanting to get into Coles. What would you, do they ring reception? Do they get on LinkedIn and find someone who knows someone who knows someone? Do they... What's your advice there? Yeah, it's a, again, it's a good question, Tim. I think there's probably a number of avenues, and that probably comes back to marketing, I would have thought. Yeah. You know, how do we market that, and how do we initially get our foot in the door with a lot of these organisations? So there would be a variety of ways. It's, it is just getting out there. I think you said before it's about you know, getting up off your seat and going and meeting with people. I know when we um, started off in Albury, um, we opened an office there three years ago, and we had no contacts in, in regional Victoria at all. And we just um, went out to business, targeted businesses that we thought would need training and development and had people. And we knocked on their doors. We went and saw them. And we just spent time. We did road trips. Well, I think we forget the power of relationships because, yep. I mean, mm. I talk a lot about the modern world of marketing. So your podcasting and your blogging and your YouTube and all that, we absolutely, which I love and there's a role for it. But, you know, looking someone in the eye, and building that relationship. I, I interviewed a fellow about three years ago, small business owner, he's a real estate agent in Texas. He got a listing to sell a, a ranch, the Wagner Ranch in Texas, and the price is $997 million. And I'm like, wow. how, how did you get that listing? <laughs> yeah. And I'm waiting for the really the big idea, like what did you do to get the opportunity to sell that property? He goes, just built relationships. Just, so it was yeah. co just contacts. Met, it was contacts, yeah. and I just think we don't do that enough. I think one of the, and I'm a father of three teenagers, and I, people staring down the screens just does my head in, and we're mm. all guilty of it. Mm. But I think we need to look up just three centimetres from our screen and look out and look people in the eye and have conversations and build those relationships because it, it might be a dying art. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. You said the uh, the price was nine hundred and ninety seven, and that's been <laughs> that, proven. You know, you, no, rather, no, rather no, than the zero, here, that you put the odd number on no, the bottom. No, the actual US dollar was like eight hundred and fifty million, and oh, it was nine ninety seven. Okay. So good thinking. I have did speak to a fellow though whose pricing strategy because that freaks a lot of small business owners out. He had a price stuff. Yes. He had a discount warehouse. It's down in in Hobart actually. I can't remember what it's called, but his pricing strategy was like twenty eight dollars seventeen cents or ninety three dollars sixteen. And his thinking, his philosophy, or what do you call it, psychology mm. around that was that it looks like a wholesale price. Right. And did it work? It worked as pants Yeah, off. that's it. And it was also different. And, and it was a nice segue into talking about finance yes. as a key. 
key element into small business. And our third guest today joining this uh, fantastic discussion about business fitness on our panel today is a specialising in financial literacy. And she wants me to say very clearly, she's not a financial advisor or an accountant. Uh, she just likes to talk about financial literacy, I suppose. Is that how you describe yourself? Teresa Council, welcome. Good morning, Jackie. Good Thank morning. you for having me. Uh, yes, financial literacy is uh, my topic of conversation and uh, it sort of is absolutely important because a lot of other skills that we develop and where we spend our time, especially in small business or in our personal lives, we're finding that um, after 30 years in financial services, what I'm finding is that a lot of um, Australians are not amassing enough wealth or not spending enough time on their financial affairs. And whilst they might build great businesses or be great parents or be great friends, um, they're actually leading compromised lives later in life. And if you don't address it earlier in life, you're going to find that some of what you've discovered later in life is irreversible. And it affects the quality of how you live. Yeah, now, your background, just to, for those listening who think, oh, what, you know, where is she coming from? Is she just woken up one day and go, oh, I've got this thing, you know, I've got this uh, burning desire to educate people on financial awareness. But you've had a, a very extensive background, particularly in the area of superannuation, mm -hmm. but you've always worked in the finance, finance industry for a long time. 35 years in financial services. There you go, yeah. yeah. So, but you're also on a number of boards. Now, you're involved heavily mm -hmm. with Money Smart. Is that right? That's right. So um, I'm on the Australian Federal Government Financial Literacy Board mm. and we work with ASIC mm -hmm. and a great management team there. And there's a website available to everybody in the general yeah, public. It's a great website if anyone hasn't seen it. And what's where, Please go to it. Money Smart? Yes, Money Smart. So that covers every topic you can imagine and uh, in a really easy uh, and digestible format. Mm. Uh, you can engage with it when it suits you. You can choose a topic that suits you. You can learn slowly. Mm. A lot of people think that these areas are really complicated, that they need to um, be skilled already or that they'll deal with it later. Mm. But uh, what, I, what I encourage people to do is build it into your every everyday routine, yeah. every week routine, every month routine, whatever suits you, but build it in. So you can gain knowledge um, slowly but surely, you can gain confidence slowly but surely, and you can improve your outcomes. Yeah, for most small businesses, they talk about cash flow is king, mm. Tim, don't they? So yeah. when you're dealing with small businesses, how often is that conversation about financial literacy discussed? Well, you know, the funny thing is um, I've I, I try to maintain focus around marketing, so I don't. If people want to have financial literacy conversations, I pass them on to people like Teresa. Yes, because yes, uh, money scares the hell out of me. I, I'm okay at making it, yeah. pretty hopeless at keeping it, yeah. and yeah. very good at spending it. Yeah. But um, you know, I, one thing I know for sure, and again, money is an issue around small businesses wanting to market mm. themselves, Teresa. And what excites me is that things are quite inexpensive these days from a marketing point of view. And again, I'll talk about that at the breakfast next week, mm. but it is a, um, it is incredible what you can do on a very limited budget these days versus 10 years ago when everything was just so expensive. I mean, at its most basic, you know, we have a smartphone, everyone has a smartphone and this is an incredible marketing machine mm. and we've already got it. It's got a video camera, a voice recorder, it's got email marketing, social media marketing, all that stuff on it. And it doesn't cost a lot to use and create marketing on it. So Well, um, we're talking smartphone, we're talking money smart, we're getting smarter. We're getting smart. From the best brains in the business world here on Taking Care of Business, we're just going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to Taking Care of Business as we take that down. That's obviously Aussie Crawl with beautiful people and another selection oh, from Tim Reid. 
Doesn't that take you back? Yes. Do you remember the um, when he was on Countdown with the two broken arms? Uh, did, no. did he sing that one? No, I think I was born then, Jackie. I was. Oh uh, come on! Scratch. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, um, you know, most of the Aussie crawl, particularly the, the Rain Brothers, are local Mornington Peninsula guys. Yes. And uh, now I believe you live locally. You live in Mount Eliza. Oh, I did. Oh, I you did. don't live here anymore. Yes, we were in Mount Eliza for 14 years. Right. Moved up to town. Yes, yeah. To it's tricky smoke. with work. Not really, because I can no? work from the moon. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, that's true with the sort of mobile office yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we had a family vote and three of the five... Reeds wanted to move up to town. Which yeah. Anyone listening with teenage children, don't, yeah. don't give them a vote. No. Do not give them a vote. Because you love the beach. Are you near love the it. beach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so you still get your water fix. <laughs> yeah. Import. They're very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, that calming yeah. sort of water fix. What star sign are you? Well, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm the customer. Aquarius or something? I'm starting to feel like this is an intervention <laughs> on Tim Reed. Is there anyone else going to walk in? No, well, that's right. You know, I just like to ask questions but, other people don't. Well, it's funny because I... I, years ago, and I'm not really into astrology, but mm. someone asked me that because mm. we're talking about uh, something esoterical and um, uh, it, it cusp of varies in Taurus makes me a, an earth person, oh. which make, means I'm dry and I need water. Oh, there you go. Right? I knew hey? there'd be a link exactly. somewhere. <laughs> hey? a link. Now we need to find a marketing or a financial or a team building yes, kind of person. Um, it's a nice segue, really. Yeah. Back into a nice segue. We like that. Well, I, 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 my segue was beautiful people. Yes. So and that was the us. sign. Look, look at us. us hey? We've got a studio full of beautiful people today. We're talking about <laughs> business fitness. And as we're getting fitter and fitter, we're looking more beautiful by the minute. Our brains are, at least. We're talking oh. business. We've got Tim Reid here, our marketing expert. We also are joined here by Sharon Neal, talking about training and development. And Teresa Council, who's talking about financial fitness. Now, Teresa, we talked a little bit before the break about money smart and financial literacy. And you particularly have a strong interest, and I know that you're very active on Instagram, so anyone looking that can follow Teresa Council on Instagram, about um, particularly financial literacy for women. So tell us a little bit about why. Uh, thank you, Jackie. Look, uh, financial literacy is really important for everybody, but I have a particular passion around mm. financial literacy for women. Um, in Australia, interestingly enough, they're the fastest demographic of homelessness um, growth rates in uh, the country, which is really disturbing. Some of those women have actually come from running small businesses, um, being in corporate life, very varied backgrounds. Um, not the definition of the sort of person that we think or the sort of conditions that we think might have led to homelessness in the past are not the conditions that are leading to homelessness now. The divorce rates are very high. Complex family dynamics are very high. Uh, women are often carers, supporters, nurturers. They're sometimes sandwiched in between their um, children and their ageing parents. Uh, they're often the carers, um, not in all cases, but quite commonly. So they, so they have quite um, a lot of uh, points in life where they're not necessarily earning a full-time income mm. or they're perhaps not necessarily um, able to run their, their, their own enterprise full-time. Mm. So whatever that is, it tends to disturb your financial rhythm and then if you add complex family dynamics on top of that or a divorce on top of that, you can find that you've got to slide into um, an absolute lack of safety and security. Interestingly enough, statistically, women in uh, Australia are retiring with um, roughly half of what men are retiring with. And uh, it just doesn't have to be that way, Jackie. Mm. I think that uh, men and women have both got wonderful things to contribute to each other. 
Um, I'm a fan of both, don't mm. get me wrong, but I think that for what women contribute to the fabric of society and communities and to each other and to their families and their, their partners, to finish your life in a sort of undignified way or not finish your life, uh, you know, to try and move on yeah, to... Yeah to a stage where you can get the benefits and you can enjoy life um, only to find that you have to lead a very compromised existence is what drives my passion. There was a very powerful episode on Insight. Yes. Uh, I think it was end of 2017, around about that. August, actually, Jackie. August, yes. was it? August yes. 2017. So anyone interested, if you Google or look at Insight and, and have a look at that, I actually watched that and I was gobsmacked. Yes. Absolutely astounding that these women's sto these stories were yes. just compelling, but really sad at the same time. Yes. So is that the same sort of uh, journey or the passion where that's come from? A, a, Most a, definitely. A similar yep. theme. Absolutely, and I'd encourage everybody to watch that. That was a, a marvelous program. That mm. was the August program mm. last year, and to me, Jackie, that really brought it home that. Um, you know, where I'm dedicating my time now is well placed. It's, it's a very real issue. And that program to me is just the tipping point mm. of what we're going to start to see. And it's amazing. We can become very skilled at what we do. We can be technicians and great in so many areas, which is fabulous. All I'm trying to do is, is encourage people and educate people and particularly women to say, hey, you need to add this into your um, reality. Mm. Uh, it, don't worry if you're fearful about it. it Financial fitness is like physical fitness. You've just got to get off the couch and get started. Okay, and the Money Smart place is a good place to start. Absolutely. Added to that, again, never been a better time to market a business but also to start a business. And you know, for any men or women listening who are wanting to make a few extra dollars, I see some great – there's a new term. It's not really new, but a popular term these days is having a side hustle. I don't know whether any of you have heard of that, mm. but just a little – something on the side that can make you a few bucks. And I'm seeing a lot more often, in fact, I'm attracted to interviewing them on my podcast, the people whose <laughs> side hustles yeah. have turned into multi-gazillion dollar businesses. And a mm. couple of examples, one is a business in Byron Bay called Spell and the Gypsy Collective, started by two sisters uh, who one of them was making jewellery and selling it in the local market uh, and just pulling a hair out with no success. And um, then her other sister came along, and long story short, they've got this incredible clothing brand called Spell and the Gypsy Collective out of Byron. It's a $20 million a year business. And I think those who are listening go, well, how do I get a side hustle? Um, there's a great book called The $100 Starter, which I just love. I give it to my kids to read and say, read this and understand what's possible. Um, and that just goes through case study after case study of people who had a little interest. Like, for example, there was a guy who was a CFO at a large corporation who had a bit of obsessive compulsive disorder around uh, frequent flyer points. He just loved booking stuff on frequent flyer points <laughs> and he was really good at it. Yeah. So he started doing it for other people and charging them a little commission, a little fee, and yeah. that becomes a side hustle. And I just think, you know, I tell you, a ridiculous example is um, it's true. A fellow interviewed recently, um, he's now selling fresh canned air from Canada uh, to China in cans, right? And he started off by selling a bag of air on eBay, uh, which sold for 99 cents and was a complete failure. He did it a week later. It sold for $168, which is just ridiculous. Mm. But my point is, there are things like eBay and Etsy and, and even Gumtree where you can start and have a little idea and start to test a proof, get proof of concept 
and then get a little e-commerce store. So I think for those listening, it's it's quite exciting times. Yeah, look, uh, you raised some fabulous points there. And one of the things I often talk to women about is the fact that um, they can create other sources of income. Quite often you'll get women that, that say, I don't earn enough, therefore I can't do anything more with what I have. Um, and, and that's just not true. They, they're examples of self-limiting beliefs, which you were talking about a little earlier. There are so many sources of income uh, to everybody, available to everybody, particularly to women. And one of the things I'd like to say is that women um, are often extremely good at certain things. They need to stop and think about what they're good at. Mm. Because they're naturally good at certain uh, skills, they've mm-hmm. naturally they've actually gained certain skills. So all you need to do is sit down and go, where are my strong skills? Yeah, so that's find where are like you or like you, Sharon, who can that's actually you know pull it out of them. Sometimes having a, a good hard look at yourself is pretty hard. That's right. Quite often you need yeah. to talk to them and tease it out of them because they don't value the skills they have. Mm. And so once someone can sit down and talk to them and help them identify that they can think about then how can they potentially monetize that and there's some great examples about how you can so i think one of the one of the messages i'd really like to leave women with particularly is that don't just think through your current frame of reference your 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 current understanding of how you can manage is limited by what you know. So once you start to have new conversations, more mm-hmm. reading, you start to embark on that journey of knowledge fitness, mm. um, you will find that things open up to you that you could you can't even think of from th- this current position. Yeah, now knowledge fitness, again, a nice segue. I love it. Love, love a good segue. Sharon Neal, in your training and development company, company that you run and you're dealing with big clients and you you actually offer them a host of different programs and workshops that they can do what are the most popular ones like where where are the which which ones are really selling well yeah I'm just listening to Teresa there. There, there are some new programs that, that we weren't running 10 years ago that are being requested more and more. And one is resilience. So I, I ran a resilience program in regional Victoria yesterday. And just listening to Teresa there, I, in the space of what was, we only, we had 18 in the, in the, in the room. There was two women that had been through a recent divorce that were, and they were doing a resilience course and both spoke to me during breaks and after about what direction they would take and seemed to be lost as to where they would head with that. And I'm seeing that a lot in the resilience program. So resilience Mm. is certainly one. Today's workplace is so busy. There is so much clutter in our heads. Mm. Um, Tim spoke about the teenagers looking on the phone, but there is so much corporately in our heads so much at home that we're finding things like mental health in the workplace is is a new one that we're running off um, with a lot of organisations and publicly. Mm. Resilience, um, leading with energy too, getting your energy levels up because as we get older, our energy levels drop. I've also got three teenagers, (laughs) Tim, so my energy levels are tested many a time. uh, I've written down, don't give them a vote. That's something I've picked up today. I'm way too consultative with those teenagers and I'm hoping they're not listening. So, um, but yes, there are a range of new programs that we're running. Personal branding, the one that we're running with you mm. and that you, you've developed for us, mm. um, we're getting a lot of requests for that both in-house and publicly. I think we're doing one in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. at Kuyong Lawn Tennis Club, which it will be fabulous. Mm. And I know the breakfast that we talked about, the personal branding um, this week, 
went really well. So personal branding is something that's not. Uh, it, it's it's sort of an industry term, and many business owners wouldn't understand what that means. But it's, it's building your profile within your industry, and it's such a great strategy to be able to do that. And again, the marketing tools available to, today uh, allow us to do that. And so good on you for running that workshop. That'll be really interesting. Yeah, and I think it's popular from two aspects. It's popular from a small business, how do I position my business? But it's also very popular from how do I position myself in an organisation? Because how do I get someone's attention? How do I get cut through? And that's really challenging in today's workplace because there are so many voices out there and it's so busy and how do we get people to listen to us? So any young people listening uh, would be to build that personal brand, like because they're putting a resume together and they're going, I don't know what to say, I've got no record. But again, vlog, blog, uh, have a, a social media account that expresses opinions and thoughts and shows how you, what a good thinker you are, and that's all part of building a personal brand. Write an ebook. Absolutely. Yeah. Get get a LinkedIn profile. Number one. <laughs> Number one. Yeah, because Number LinkedIn. One. I mean, you, let's get specific. You Google your name, and everyone should. Yeah. Everyone should. Um, if you do have a LinkedIn profile, it's generally the first thing that pops yeah. up on page one. Google loves them. Uh, we had a show last year with some graduates, some university graduates, who are all looking for jobs. So they're out there talk about a cluttered marketplace. They're all graduate at the same time. They're all doing, you know, marketing or commerce, or all looking for the same jobs, uh, all with a similar no experience. And uh, none of them had LinkedIn profiles. And I said to them, what are they teaching you it's at unreal, uni? Isn't it? It's I, unbelievable. I, I, I do. A, I go in once a year and speak to the master students at a big university around marketing. And yeah. the stuff that I share, which to me is just... Just no brainer. Stuff. Yeah, they're just like you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. like that they're just like <laughs> really. I've heard good. that for years. It's very eighties, isn't it? It's very eighties. My like, grouse. This is a grouse conversation yes, that we're having yes. here today here on Taking Care of Business. We're talking about business fitness, and uh, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Taking Care of Business here and we are talking about business fitness and that was Workout by Jay Cole. So we're working out our business all from a variety of angles today. We're talking about marketing. We've got Tim Reid here as our marketing expert. We're talking about financial fitness with the wonderful Teresa Council and we're talking about leadership and development and communication and all sorts of good professional training things with Sharon Neal. And as we sort of come to the last bit of the program, Sharon Neal, Jackie Mitchell. Time to talk leadership. Yes. Where can people find more information? Or can 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 the public book courses like? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can Google us, Time to Talk Leadership, Mm. and you'll find a public course schedule and a a whole range of programs that we offer there around leadership communication and some stock standard programs that we've been running for years, such as Introduction to Leadership, Managing Challenging Conversations is a huge one. Giving Feedback is Challenging. Oh, that's interesting. Managing Challenging Conversations. I probably need to do that. What's what's in it? If I did that course, what would I learn? Oh, look, part of it's about keeping your composure when you're under a bit of stress mm-hmm. and we all get under stress from time to time both personally and professionally so a lot of our programs that we do run we say at the front end these are going to be just as valuable in your personal life as they are in your professional life and I've used a lot of the strategies with the three teenagers and they actually ah. work at home too as ah. well as at work 
Okay. Do they know they're guinea pigs or are you uh, just doing it under the uh, radar? Well, the funny thing, Tim, was I had one of my daughters come and do a meet at great at one of the courses and um, she was standing up the back watching me present and I was telling a story about one of my other children and she looked horrified and she went home and told the other kids, you know, <laughs> she tells stories I about us. Yeah. <laughs> so they're on to me. Yes. Yes. Absolutely good. Well, thank you for coming in today. Thank you very much. It's been great having, having you. Time to talk leadership. Uh, as you did declare, I do do some work for you. I should declare that. You do. And, uh, and I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great team to work with and I'm pleased that personal branding that people are starting to get it get the power of it mm. we talked a little bit before the break about personal branding that's the area that I help Sharon's work a business in and working with her clients but it's people understanding the power of the brand and how if you can understand it particularly from a neuro perspective how our brain uh, interprets that and how it can be used for influencing decisions so it can be used for influencer decisions for customers, but also internally. And it was interesting. I know one of the courses I did, and I asked them, you know, who who are your sort of target audience? Classic marketing 101 stuff. But internally, like you know, name them. And I try and get as really specific. And one person said, my CEO. That's it. One right. person yep. was so targeted, and I've gone, brilliant, okay, let's talk about this CEO. So, so any business owner listening, Jackie, uh, target audience, I'm not sure there is an audience and we sit there and try and target them. Mm. I, I call them our best mates, mm. and it's that group of people who have the highest propensity to potentially buy from us. Mm. And if you can get it down to one person, oh. it's ace, because all of a sudden, <laughs> you go, like I have in my business, whether I'm doing an interview or speaking from stage or doing a, a, you know, a podcast or whatever, I have this fellow, Darren, who is a real person, and he's my ideal client. He loves marketing. He respects it. He likes. He, he asks me for opinions. He implements. He comes back and goes, Timbo, that didn't work. And I go, that's okay. Let's try something else. And he'll try something else. And he's just my ideal client. So I have him front and center whenever I'm creating a marketing message. And any business should do that because all of a sudden you create marketing messages that are very personal. It almost feels like you're talking to those people. Yeah, and that's very much how we base a lot of our communication programs. We've just run a Presenting with Impact program for one of our wonderful clients. Just love working with this client. Um, and we had their second tier leaders um, work on their presentations to the board of directors. And really the whole day was about how do we actually position that with those directors um, and give them confidence that we're ready to take the ball and run with it. And they've just run off those presentations, heard back from them, and they were just so impressed yeah. and it went really well. And that's what we love to see. We love to see shifts and growths in people. So for us, that was a big success story. And yeah, well, I'm Very impressed much. with Sharon's business, hence why we do some work together. So congratulations and Thank you, keep Jackie. doing what you're doing. I love it. I love Thank it. You. Teresa Council, I love what you do too, your passion for financial literacy. Thanks for coming along today. Thank you for having me, Jackie. If people want to find more about you, they can find you on Instagram. They certainly can. Yeah. yeah. And to contact you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, on the mobile. I can leave the details later. Yeah, okay. Yeah, what well. do you share on Insta? Uh, look, it's really interesting, the Instagram posting. Um I'm not uh, going down the pathway of technical information in yeah. relation to money uh, because there's been some great studies. In fact, one of our directors on the Financial Literacy Board did an extensive piece of research around women and money in Australia. And the key findings of that amongst many, but the key finding is the emotional link to money. So women's emotions... So, so on Instagram, are you sharing quotes? Or? ...are part of their money story. Well, I'm creating my own quotes Good. and trying to... 
uh, reach out to them on an emotional level yes. and then uh, start to, to put a little bit of information under that post mm. uh, for them to sort of slowly start to gain their confidence. Yeah. We talked a lot about branding. The word mm. brand's come up a lot this yeah, morning. <clears throat> and that's a great example. The best definition I've heard of a brand is it's simply an emotional attachment. So if you can build emotion between you and someone who's going to buy from you, they're more likely to go with you. Mm. Price becomes, they become less price sensitive. It's harder to sever an emotional relationship yeah. versus a, a relationship, say, built on price or something rational. So and Tim, good on you for doing the interview. Thank you. Financial services um, as, an, as an enterprise is a very large market. Massive. And it's very interesting. There's, there's a lot of marketing that goes on, but it, it is failing to engage a lot of people. Uh, so it's not winning the hearts and minds of a lot of the Australian mm. public. So I think one of the keys to it is, um, is people need to engage emotionally uh, because it's no use me building references and libraries of technical information. It's all there on the net for you I'll to tell you have. That from a great marketing point of view, um, Barefoot Investor Scott Page, yes. mm, like, yes. he's nailed that whole marketing and yes. brought financial literacy to people in a very consumable way. He's like the Jamie Oliver of money. He is. Very refreshing. Oh, I, like, I like that description. Yeah, mm. that's exactly what he is. Absolutely. Uh, but if they follow you on Instagram, you can send messages on Instagram. That yep, might be definitely. better than giving out your mobile phone. I'm a bit, bit, <laughs> no, a bit nervous about that. Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. No, it could be. You never know. A lot of people made it work. You never know. Uh, and uh, of course, that voice was Tim Reed. Thank you for coming on, oh, Timbo Reid. It's been great having you here. I've, I've uh, never met you before, and I've always wanted to. There you go. I've listened to your podcast. Thank I think you. they're You're great. The uh, yeah, I'm the, I'm the one. And I know if, uh, you're on Virgin flights as yeah, well, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, it's the you? business show on Virgin domestically and internationally. And internationally and as well. How did that the, happen? Well, gee, you know, uh, build partnerships. Reach out. Don't yeah, be scared to fantastic. ask. Um, find a you. gap in the market. I mean, again, the boomerang effect. It's amazing. I mean, I have three radio shows now where didn't expect to do that you know mm. and I just find if you put in you'll get back it's mm. the old karma thing and um, we'll talk more about that at the brekkie but um, it's it is it's amazing what can happen these days yes. to us little, little small business owners yes I like that too that you are but you do lots of speaking around and um, where breakfast is run by the Peninsula Business Network I should should say that and give a shout yeah. out to Paula Creek who's a great friend of the program and uh, I'll see you there I'm, I'll be there I paid for my ticket you have, have you? I, okay. I can we'll no freebies be, uh, we'll be clipping tickets on the yes. way in and, uh... <laughs> we're checking my try booking on my phone on my <laughs> smartphone but thanks again for for, for joining us today Thanks, and sharing uh, your wisdom. I really appreciate your time, very generous with your time, and Good it's been you. great having you here joining Teresa Council and Sharon Neal. We hope you've learned something new today. I'm sure you have. If you haven't, you haven't been listening properly, and, and feel inspired at the very least. We look forward to your company next Friday at 11 a.m. And don't forget the Taking Care of Business Masterclass Series for 2018 kicks off on the 1st of March. You'll find more information on our Facebook page. But in the meantime, stay ahead of the game and keep taking care of your business.